Welcome back, Crusaders. This is the Nerd Crusade Podcast, uh, episode 48. I'm your host, Ian, and with me as always is Courtney. Hello. This week we're going to be talking about some TV shows and some movies. Yes. Uh, we're going to continue our coverage on Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. We're going to talk about the new What If show, uh, and then we're going to cover some new movies, a new holiday horror movie called A Wonderful Knife, and then Zack Snyder's new like space opera that he's trying to make called uh, Rebel Moon. Oh, there's two part one of three. Well, it looks like there's two. a part two that's coming out in April, and then there might be a prequel movie as well. IMDb is listing. Okay, yeah. we'll get into that. we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's jump right into Monarch. All right, this was a pretty good episode. Um, it was episode seven called uh, "Will the Re- Real May Please Stand Up?" So we kind of get the full background behind May, um, the character we yeah we hate and we hate or. Uh, like the, the least, least. <laughs> cuz like she's really not done anything redeemable at all even um, after that she hasn't done anything it's just people helping her get out of a situation and she doesn't really deserve it in my opinion but what well yeah cuz honestly like we find out why she was hiding so she's yes. a coder which she was right but her real name is Cora uh, and she is from Tacoma, but, uh, she got hired by, uh, AET, like, Advanced, or ATE, Advanced Technology something. Yeah. Uh, to create stuff. But, like, she, somehow she was creating stuff, she was writing code, but then her code was being funneled into another, uh, another subsection of the company that she had, couldn't know anything about, called, uh, Cybernetics. Um, which I'm kind of like, you're, you're a coder, like, you, it's not like you're, like, people... Uh, inventing, like, trying to get, like, an application to work, and then your application just disappears and gets turned to something. Like, in Real Geniuses, they're building a laser to see if they can make a laser work. Mm-hmm. And then the government takes a laser and makes a weapon out of it. And they're like, yeah, we're just engineering it. We don't have to think of the application. Well, when you're coding stuff, like, you usually know what you're coding. Yeah. You know what you're writing as writing a code to do. So it so, works and so, functions. So you can't just get like, oh, we're going to take a random code, suck it up, and put it over here, and you're not going to know what we're using it for. It's like, you'll have an idea what it's being used yeah, for what, or what it can do. Yeah, it's a very strong idea. It's like, all right, we're kind of doing this. It's getting moved from this section to this section. I could kind of figure out what's happening. I mean, because even in Real Geniuses, that old movie, they're like, oh, yeah, we built a laser, and like, cool, it works. It only works for two seconds. Yeah. But you know, what could it be used for? Oh, what? maybe a weapon. Then they go off to stop the weapon test, right? Because yeah. they obviously could figure out very easily what their product, what their building could be used for. Where mine's like, I don't know where my code's going to. Why I, Why did you hire me? And, like, my code disappears to the cybernetic place. And, like, she just told, hey, it's above your pay grade. Don't worry about it. She goes and sneaks you, in. You uh, signed a contract, which it's like, yeah, bitch, read your contract. Yeah, like, you signing. A contract that says, like, anything you create, like, basically on off property is owned by our, our company, company, basically. Which those types of contracts do exist, but they're usually pretty shitty when it's like anything you make off Off-site. off-site we own. Is That's when you go, nope. <laughs> it's usually if you're using their equipment and you're building it on site, they own it. But yeah. it's off-site, like, no, they shouldn't have any claim to it. But basically, um, she then goes snooping around. She finds out that all we see that all we see from what she finds out is that her code's being used to be tested on, mon- on monkeys. Yeah, monkeys and, and other animals. And all we see is, like, a CTV image of a monkey in a cage with, like, a wire is going to, like, a cap on its head. Or I think it's supposed to be, like, it looks like they injected, like... Computer, cybernetics? cybernetics or computer parts into the brain of the monkey. Yeah. But like, it could easily be a cap, too. It's like, it's a, not a clear video. Yeah. 
But it's like a monkey screaming and jumping up and down the cage with like wires coming out of the back of its head from this cap or whatnot. And I'm like, okay, so they're testing on animals. So now you got to do your due diligence. Is this legal? Yeah. But can, can they test on animals? Yes. Yeah. Few, very few companies for research can do that. And maybe a company that because they can maybe, maybe allowed to. Yeah, because they're because what her company, what she thought originally what she was going to do was to help people be able to walk and yeah, paralyzed people being able to walk and whatnot. Yeah, so, so to help uh, the physically disabled people. Yeah, so which supposed yes. to be t- tested. Yeah, so it makes sense that. Maybe they might test on monkeys or might or might do some type of testing somewhere. But all she sees is a monkey in a cage with cybernetics coming out of its head. And then basically she goes and she destroys all their data. And then that's how why she takes off to Japan. Like she has to hide from this multi-billion dollar corporation that she's destroyed all their stuff. But surprisingly, the corporation hasn't, you know, done a warrant, called arrest, made a news report about yeah, it. Yeah, because they want to keep it internal. Which means they could be trying to kill her yeah which fair you know <laughs> which makes sense why she wouldn't hiding and disappeared and like dissed her family yeah um our problem with it is that it's just like she saw one image and then like went off the handle as worst possible scenario didn't bother to ask about it or, or dig up more research and yeah um because she got blown off by her boss the first time which is obviously you're gonna ask about something that's above your pay grade and they tell you that's above your pay grade they're not going to tell you about what they're doing yeah and she's like Oh, but I'm so smart. I'm so important. And I love how the boss turns around. It's like, so you think you're more important than this guy I hired and this guy I hired? Yeah, because she's like, oh, the guy's from Candy Crush. This guy's from this. Like, what the fuck? And she's like, oh, that's your ego talking. Oh, you think you're better than everybody? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, she's already not a great character from what we've seen. And, like, her past doesn't help her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this just happens to roll into where we now are back to the present day where, like, they were going to that, to that town and basically... May has gotten the first class tickets to all like go go home because they were not going to follow Monarch, but then May basically gets kidnapped in the airport, um, yeah. and then uh, Kintaro and um, the sister, the sister, are like okay, we need to go find her. Well, mostly the sister's like, let's go find her. Kintaro's like, I've seen Godzilla. I want to piece the fuck out and go home. Yeah, basically, Which, I- like fair, dude. Very fair. I have. No, like, Kentaro's the most real person in this whole situation. He's like, I've seen crazy shit. I, I've got, I saw, I saw dad. He said, you know, waved us away. So I'm good. I'm peacing out. I'm going home to mom. I would say a little bit of that shock though. Cause he's like, well, we saw dad. He told us to fuck off. And so I don't need to see him anymore. And it's like, well, no, no, no. You saw your dad. He waved frantically at you and then left. And then Godzilla immediately showed up. Okay. Clearly, he knew something was going down and was trying to tell you to get the fuck out of there, and he he, he left. To save his butt. Yeah, or to... Or to g- lure it. Or Godzilla somewhere else. So, like, clearly, it's not like, oh, he told you to fuck off. It's like, I think it's more like, okay, we saw our dad. He's alive. Godzilla Go, showed up. Out. I yeah. mean, I'm tired of this shit. We saw people get killed by <laughs> Godzilla. Which isn't that, again, which I like how they're displaying. It's not like Godzilla swatted down a helicopter like King Kong would or something. It's like, he woke he up. stood up. And the helicopter was too close. They shook off the sand and then it's like, all right, yeah. I'm going to leisurely walk somewhere else. And then, like, the Tim guy is, like, in the helicopter saying, hey, get the fuck out of here. And it's like, oh, no, we're going to stay so close that our propeller hits the blade and now we crash. Yeah. And then uh, Tim character, which has been, like, the IT guy who started this whole thing off from Mark chasing them. Um, he's, he's becoming endearing. Yeah, I'm like, 
see where you're going, Tim. I kind of, I'm kind of, you're growing on me. I like you. Yeah. So like he basically bumps into him at the airport, like, cause he wakes up after the crash covered in dirt in the sand and then does the same thing he, they did. They, he walked to civilization Gets to the airport. Bumps All he in. wants to do is just drink water, yeah. which is very fair. They jump into it. Like, hey, why, why did you kidnap our friend? Man, he's like, this. he's like, bitches, I'm trying to get water. Fuck off. Yeah, which like, is my very real situation too. So I'm really liking these like little moments that they drop in, which is like, yeah, that's how a normal person would fucking yeah, act. Yeah, he's covered <laughs> in dirt and stumbles into the airport asking for water and is drinking bottle <laughs> bottles of water repeatedly. Like, you could never prefer. It's like. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to go home too. Um, but basically, they end up explaining what the situation. Like they can't find the friend May because they found her passport and her phone in the bathroom. Yeah. They think somebody kidnapped her. They think it's Monarch. He then goes make some calls. Um, and is like, no, it's not Monarch. It's not Monarch. They make a deal saying, hey, you help us find May, and we help- we'll help you find our dad. Yep. And uh, chase down Shaw. So he makes that deal as given like. Some resources for Monarch to go do after kind of. kind of from his boss. He says, I have no resources to spare. But she lets him go and make this deal. Yeah. They basically track down May's family, and that's where we get her backstory about everything that she's done. Um, and they track down where she's at, where, like, okay. CCTV, In Seattle with CCTV, the company. Yeah, CCTV saw her walk into this building, which the funny thing is, like, they use, like, skyline shots of Seattle, but, like, the interior street stuff is, like, that, that's, that's not, not Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> like, there's no street that looks like that yeah. in Seattle. Um, so they get to the, the ATE building there and then he ends up, uh, uh, pulling like basically the same thing that happened like in Hawaii, like that nuclear missile alert. Yes. He does. But it's, it's for Godzilla. It's, it's for, for not Kaiju, that's the call, but, uh, Muto. Yeah. Um, monsters unidentified, uh, terrestrial whatever something <laughs> organism yeah so it's like monsters unidentified terrestrial organism on its way to seattle it's a it's a phone alert that goes out to everybody kind of like how our nuclear missile alerts and stuff like that go out so people start panicking and running out and trying to go into uh the safe uh like safe areas bunkers or whatever, whatever seattle has that we don't see what seattle has set up but it's because like this is a a monarch branded early warning alert but nobody knows what monarch is yeah but everybody knows what G Day is, and so like they basically all okay. Like, fuck, Godzilla is some, is some is showing up. So but because it's Monarch, yeah, and it's not unknown entity that the head, not the head, but the one to but May's boss. Like, oh no, it's your friends are trying to save you. Yep. See, there they are running yeah. across it, our uh, security yeah, system. Yeah. So she tries to make a deal with May, saying, "Hey, we'll wipe the record clean. We won't do anything. You won't need a lawyer." If you go with Monarch and then you just report all the information to us, because what she's after is trying to get know how the org how how Mudos work. Yeah, like she's like the value of understanding the nervous system of how something as big as Godzilla can move around would be invaluable and would help replace the research that they lost. Yeah, which true, very true. Yeah, um, but May's like, no fuck off, I'm not doing that. Um, but. Uh, Monarch shows up as they as they leave as they show up there and they basically get the fuck off from May face to face because one of the things that the sister says to Kintaro is like, hey, uh, if she Kintaro's like, hey, she wanted us, she wanted you told her to leave us alone, she left us alone when she, they realized she's kidnapped. Yeah, and this was weird. How the sister's like, no, we have to. Yeah, suddenly she's like her. really desperate to find her. Yeah, it's really kind of creepy because like 
at the end, it's she's like constantly well, yeah, she's and like <laughs> draping herself all over. It's like, and then there's Kentaro in the back, like, like oh, my, my sister hitting on my ex. This is fucking weird. Yeah, it is. And it's like, bitch, calm your goddamn titties. Yeah, because one of the things Kentaro says at the airport to her is like, hey, um, you told her to leave us alone. And like, so Kate tells him, like, hey, uh, we deserve her to tell us to fuck off to her face. So when yeah. they're in Seattle, the sister, she she literally does tell them, "Hey, fuck off," because she does not want to do this shady deal and spy a monarch for ATE. Um. So as they're leaving, monarch uh, head head chick, the Italian chick, shows up and basically shows them all in the car and says, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. Um, and then that's when Kate or the sister makes the same deal with Monarch saying, Hey, you need to f- figure out what Shaw's doing or find Shaw. We can find him because we have our father's map. We know where he's going. Yep. Um, oh, and also, uh, that Shaw- Monarch, uh, scares the shit out of the ATC person. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Because like when they-, they show up, they're like, uh, Bitch, <laughs> fuck off. Get, you're giving us May because they were going to keep May since May wasn't. Yeah, because May was cooperating. So it was like, all right, get, you're going to have to get a lawyer. We're going to uh, prosecute you full process and you're going to jail. And like, and Monarch's Mar- like, bitch, yeah, bye. Because originally Tim's like, well, she doesn't want to come, so I can't do anything about it. And then that's when the Valencia chick shows up, who's the head of Monarch. Yeah. Um, it scares the absolute shit out of me. Yeah, we don't know what it said, but basically Monarch makes an agreement with ATG. Yeah, makes a deal. So May's May's record is completely clear, and she can come with them. uh, Which is who knows? Yeah, we don't know. But what we do know, and it's the one like the last shots of the episode, is that ATG is she's on the top. The boss that or May's boss is on the phone with her boss, saying, "Yeah, if Monarch keeps up their deal, this will be very advantageous for us. So it should work out." And then, yeah, I like the new branding. They'll be great. Like. Sec- great uh, name for what we need to call that subsection of our company. And the subsection is called Apex Cybernetics, which is the company that created Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. So that's where they're tied in, too. Now, the reason why Monarch went out of their way to save Maze, get Maze out of trouble, and they need to find Shaw is because also during this episode, Shaw shows up in Alaska and takes over their. The Fairbanks st- office. The station 88. Station, sorry. Yeah, Station 88 of theirs. And has a shitload of explosives and is basically trying to blow up that rift hole that he saw from the helicopter in earlier episodes. Yeah. Um, why he's doing it, we don't know. But he shows up there, basically does like military coup takeover. Like, hey, you guys are all free to go. You know where the doors are at, but you have a choice. You can either join us or you can fucking leave now. Uh, and then they confiscate all the, all the explosives. They lay them all out around the... Wormhole... Uh, Rift thing, thing, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, as they're monitoring it and starting to blow stuff up, the Mole Muto shows up. Um, which, we end up seeing, because the Mole Muto is relatively small. It's big, but it's small compared to Godzilla and anything else. Mm-hmm. But it shows up, they get out of there as they're blowing up this rift, and then it rift basically turns into almost a singularity. And you see the Muto, like, getting tolled up into, into it. it. And then there's big explosion of light. And, and then, then nothing. It's just an empty crater with no light coming out of it or anything. Yeah. Now, we don't know, like... And then you see Shaw cheering, so... Yeah, well, all we know is Shaw said before, I'm trying to help Godzilla. Yeah. But we don't know what he's trying to help Godzilla do, because nobody knows what Godzilla's trying to do. Yeah. Um. Other than... The only motivation we have from the movies is, like, Godzilla's the alpha, and he's keeping all the other titans in line, like, stay asleep, don't stay fucking asleep, do shit. Just 
stick up, you know, just stay in your little spots. Yeah. Don't move around. Don't cause trouble. Yeah, like he's putting, from what we know from the movies, Godzilla's putting other Titans down to like, no, you're not doing shit, go away, and then goes back to sleep. Yeah. Um, and does his own thing, and then gets up and tells another one to shut the fuck up. and, and what, Shut um, the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we don't know, nobody knows what Godzilla's real motivations are. That's just what the assumption is, which is good, because he's an animal, nobody knows what the hell it's thinking, and he doesn't communicate anyway, because we're nothing to him. Godzilla's not trying to protect people or protect humanity. He's just like, this I, is I, not I, I don't want people, I don't want, my, I don't want other Titans doing shit. Because I said so. Like, yeah. why? We don't know. Um, so, what we kind of think is that we know that Gamora came from, they say from space, space, but maybe another dimension or something. Yeah. Maybe that was an interdimensional rift. Ah. Kind of like in Pacific Rim. Okay, and it's pulling these different uh, motos in that way. Maybe that way, or that's or like at least that's where Gamora came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Blowing it up, closed the rift. That's why Shaw might be happy about it. Um, we also don't know, like, if Shaw or, or Monica must know about Gamora because they found it. They called they called it Zero uh, Prime, Prime Zero. Zero. Yeah, they thought it was the first. Uh, it was the first Muta that I think they probably found. Yeah, that because it was also sealed in ice, ice. and they're just monitoring. Yeah, as, as we'll have to watch uh, the King of Monsters again to know exactly what what it was. But Monarch knows about should know about Gamora already. They just don't know what exactly Gamora is. Yep. Um, whether or not Shaw and them know more, have more idea of what Gamora is being, that they would have looked at all the ancient text stuff already mm-hmm. that they find in King of Monsters. Like, no, he's not of this fucking planet, dude. Like, Godzilla put him down. Yeah. Um, because all he keeps saying is that Monarch is wrong, which Monarch could be. Um, but the other big point that happens after this and at the end of this episode is that like Tim is asking his boss one, say like, hey. Oh, uh, what are we gonna do about the alarm that I just set off? And she said, "Oh, PR take." I was like, "No, I think you should do the PR, and we should bring Monarch into the light so people know what we are, and then we'll get public support." Yeah. And so this is the point where Monarch is now going to be known, be a known global oh. entity uh, that is designed to uh, prevent G days from happening or pro- provide protection to yep. humanity for what's going notify on. like hey a G day event's going to yeah come to town so to speak kind of good indication because like Tim like he's described himself in previous episodes like hey, I'm the troll in the basement that you guys don't want to fucking talk to yeah um, and all this but like he's been right about a lot of stuff so like he's been able to convince uh, the head of the company that hey we need to do this and she's been doing it and it's been working out really well so it's like cool he's being vindicated that he's right about how they need to go which is also clearly showing that there's multiple people within monarch that have, think the company should go different ways there's clearly like shaw's group who have not been happy with leadership and like they're forcefully taking yeah stuff. doing the extreme forceful takeover stuff he's somebody who's a uh, passionate about the science and what uh monarch was supposed to be with uh, Rhonda and Shaw's original like view, what how it should have been built, mm-hmm. um, and now it wants to change it from within. Yeah, and then clearly, uh, whatever uh, Verdugo, Natalie Verdugo, who's the head of the company, whatever their plans are, we don't necessarily know. But they're kind of going around the lights, like, hey, if we have good PR, people like know who we are, they and support us, then it's going to be good for the company anyway. Yeah, um, and then we know obviously that. ATGE is going to is 
Apex Cybernetics, who ends up creating Mechagodzilla and fucking around with the Gamora skull and all that stuff later on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's lining up nicely with the movies, which is really good. Yeah. Um, so, and it's doing a really good pace so far with uh, what's happening, what's happening next, and, and starting to answer questions, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm still enjoying it. I'll, I'll watch till the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we have two more episodes Three. left. Let's see. There's Birthright's the next one. Episode 9, episode 10. So you got three more episodes for this season. Whether this will be a one-shot season show or we'll do find more, out, we'll at find out more at the end. It depends on how it lines up with the movies. But clearly they are trying to keep everything in the universe and make everything make sense. Yes. Which they're doing a good job of. So still very excellent show to watch on Apple TV. Check it out. Like I said, once this is all done, it would be a good time to like get a, a free trial and then just binge watch the whole show. Because that's um, really good. And then you could watch like, uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Mythic Quest is also a good show. They ha- Apple TV has like a few good shows on there. I wouldn't say it has a ton of stuff, but there's a few things that you really want to watch that you've heard good things about. It might be worth getting or at least getting a free trial to binge watch those shows. Yeah. All right. Now, moving on. Uh, what just came out. Uh, is episode is one of season two's What If. Yep, which is the Marvel Marvel's s- What If, sorry. Marvel animated <laughs> series of the What If. Which, the What If comics were just like one-shot stories of if, what if a situation was different. What if... Uh, Chikala was was Star Lord instead of Peter Quill. What if um, Iron Man became a zombie type of stuff? And like, what was cool about the first season was it started off with like one shots, and then eventually they, they all t- they tied together to yeah. a giant arc at the end, which was interesting. Uh, this season again, it starts off as a one off. The first episode is what if uh, what if Nebula joined Nova Corps. Yep, this one was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so this is basically changing the the story we know as being like, okay, Ronan defeated uh, Thanos, Thanos, the Titan, and wants to destroy uh, Nova Prime as he wanted to in the first in the first film. Yep, but um, Nova uh, the Nova Corps finds Nebula after Thanos' ship is destroyed. They take her in, uh, make her a uh, basically a Nova Corps cop. And then as Ronan's going to commit his genocide on, across the planet, Nova Prime turns on a shield that encases the planet and nobody can come or go yep. at all. So And it's been like that for five years. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a, a shield that will last for like over 50 years, but it's been five years so far with this shield up. And basically, a spacefaring planet that can no longer be spacefaring basically turns into like a gritty Earth... Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk Earth City... <laughs> Because um, this is very much done as like a noir, um, Blade Runner like cop story. Yes, and like, I love it. It's so good. I love like the beginning half. It was great, but the last half, I'm like, oh, you went Marvel on it. You look oh, like a superhero, yeah. a happy time. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, but bring back it. But overall, I think the story for this was great. And I'm like, oh, give me more of that noir. Bit. Yeah, they brought back almost all the characters except for Nova Prime is not played by Glenn Close. It's the art is designed like the Glenn Close character. Yeah. So she looks like she does in the movie as the animated version. Uh, but it's but she's voiced by Julian Grossman instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Karen Gilling comes back as Nebula, Ju Law as uh, Yang Rog, uh, Michael Rooker as Yondu, Seth Green uh, reprises his voice as Howard the Duck, who plays a bigger part in this, which is funny. Yes. Uh, Te- Teka Wakiti is back. Um, Fred uh, 
Testacorp ends up playing Groot's voice instead of Vin Diesel, which makes sense because Vin Diesel's busy. Yeah. And it would cost too much to just... Just do I am Groot for, for like two nep- or three seconds, two or three takes. Yeah. Because Groot doesn't say much, but he is in it. Um, but... It's, again, it's a really cool episode because it's um, it's that noir stuff. It's very Blade Runner. Like we kept wa- looking at, it's like, did they just copy the Blade Runner city? Because you, that's the every pyramids. time they pull out for like a background shot or just pull out for like a great uh, stationary shot, I'm like, these are so pretty. It's so Blade Runner. I want this as a background for my computer. <laughs> yeah, like the only difference between really cool. between the Nova Prime City and Blade Runner is Blade Runner has like the oil. Uh, fire sputs sp- yeah. spewing out of like some of the towers. This doesn't have that, but it's dark. It's rainy. It's gritty. It's gritty. Uh, she's narrating everything uh, in her head, kind of like a, a noir detective story. Yeah, and basically it starts off with like Yondu is is killed, killed. and she's the detective on the beat to, uh, to figure out why he was murdered. And it ends up turning into a whole plot of like, oh, they somebody's trying to lower the shields, obviously. Yeah. So let, Ronan comes Ronin. in because apparently Ronan's just been sitting in the ship for, for the past five. five years. Like, I'm just gonna wait. wait. Just like, do nothing. Like, wait. you didn't try and find any type of technology to to bypass the shield. Or like, fuck off to a different planet and then come back and be yeah. like, hey, I found this uh, gun that could blast through the shield finally. Yes. <laughs> so basically, he's. They're, I guess, somehow communicating with uh, people on the planet who help him with this plan of um, opening the shield. It's basically turns out to be a really cool noir story of what you would expect at the end. That's why you say it goes really Marvel. It's like, oh, clearly, it's obviously this person was behind all this and it was a setup. Yeah. Um, to like setup, and then we're going to do the superhero thing of teaming up and yeah, guys with uh howard the duck Doug. who's only concerned about not losing his liquor license in his which casino. to be fair <laughs> is very valid you know how hard it is to get a liquor license for an establishment yeah because basically That's since awesome. everybody's trapped on the planet they're gambling and drinking so it's it works for him to have the shield up yeah so howard, howard the duck runs a casino that where Groot a is shady casino Groot is a dealer yes and uh krog is, is a bartender, bartender. And the funny, they do the, the funny jokes of like, "Hey, Howard the Duck, you know everything about the crime going on here. What's this? Th- what's this schematic that I found?" I was like, "I don't know what the fuck it is." And then Krog shows like, "Oh, it's yeah, it's this thing. It's this, this, this." And, and it's, it's like, like it's like this model. This. <laughs> He's like, "How do you know?" It's like, "I know lots of things. You just don't ask me." <laughs> um. So, uh, they end up after like the betrayal happens, which won't spoil exactly what it is because it's only a thirty minute episode. You should yeah. definitely watch it. Um. Clearly, uh, Nebula teams up with Howard the Duck and his bar crew, um, and they go to uh, end up saving the day. And um, I do like the like kind of the twist of how everything works out in the end, and then how they end up defeating Roar and all that. It was not like a Deus Ex Machina moment, but it was like, yeah, she's a cyborg. Of course, she's going to be able to think. She's be smarter than everybody, than everybody else, right? Yeah. Because she basically outwits them, which is a good way to do a detective noir story. So they did it really well, sticking to the style it was. Um, again, the one show is really good. The animation is really done well, mm-hmm. uh, especially for some of this. I believe it's all computer animated. Oh yeah. Um, but it's it's done to like a two D cell uh, shaded like yeah. version, so it looks very comic bookish. Um, but it also looks CG without being overly CG and like jarring to the eye to watch. Yeah. And the action and stuff is done very very well. So that's the first episode uh, of the new season. Yep, they're they gonna have... premiere every Friday 
is when a new one drops, I uh, believe. They're actually they're dropping quite a bit. They're going to drop another episode today. Oh, sorry. What, uh, which is episode two, What If Peter Quill Attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Oh. Then uh, Christmas Eve, What If Happy Hogan Saves Christmas. And then we go, oh, they're dropping it every single day. Yes, yeah, so okay, they're dropping. So we're going to have a bunch. <laughs> yeah, so they have they already have all the episodes listed on IMDb. It's just they're dropping it every day between now and basically New Year's. This uh, September thirtieth. I would have thought they would try to like, you know, pace it out. I think they want to get everything pushed in so it's out for the end of the year, probably for tax reasons and stuff. Tax reasons? Because they can say all the streaming numbers from it, and they can do streaming numbers for the end of year. And because it's also the holidays, nothing's out. That's really the only thing, th- okay. only thing coming out is Aquaman. This we can drive people to watch this and say go see Aquaman. Well, a lot of things can yeah. <laughs> not make let you go see Aquaman. That's that's if they're that's like if they're doing business stuff with it. But that, that makes sense. Like people are home, there's nothing to watch other than Christmas movies. So let's put out a bunch of put out an episode a day of this new show that people are going to watch. Yeah, and then they can track track their streaming. Oh, it looks like they got renewed for a season three. So yeah, yeah. So they're. They it looks like they're playing three seasons so far for it. So good show. First season was great. Binge watch that if you haven't seen it. Um, really good, cool, like one off stories um, in the first season. This season looks like they're doing another great job with it. We'll see if they if they come together in a big arc at the end like the first season did. Um, that'll be interesting if they do that. But even if they don't, it's great to have these one offs because it's not like you have to catch every episode in order. You can just watch whatever uh, piques your interest type yep. of thing. And all these are on Disney Plus. Yep. All right. So now into movies. All right. So our, our holiday movie this week was a movie called It's a Wonderful Knife, which is a play on It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, this movie premiered, I believe, on Shutter, which you can yes. also rent it on like Xbox Video, Prime Video. Um, any of those uh, normal like streaming spots, you can actually uh, give this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, movie uh, stars surprisingly Joel McHale and Justin Long. Uh, <laughs> our main character is uh, Jane Win, played by Jane Windop, who is known from the from Yellow Jackets. Yep. Um, but I haven't really seen her in much anything else. A lot of the other actors in here. Um, Kind of like no name ish, like I've never never yeah. seen him really before. Or probably Stutter Sha- Stutter Sh- uh, Stutter <laughs> Staples. Yeah, Shutter Staple actors in horror movies and stuff. Um, but basically, this is a story about where the small like town. It could be Colorado, it could be somewhere, but it's like a mountain town. Yep. But they have a boat like ramp, so it must be a town that's <laughs> I guess like has. Lake. A big lake, big enough lake to have, like, boats in it. Yeah, that's right, because it was, like, a dock area where she goes to. But yet, when you see the town, it's like, here's mountains, and the town's in a valley. Yeah, so it's like, where's this boat launch, guys? Yeah. So, basically, it's, uh, like you said, it's a wonderful life story. But um, in this small town, Justin Long plays a character called Henry Waters, who is, like... Who has the most, like, awful flippers for teeth that I've ever seen. Yeah, the gates of the veneers. And the... So he decided to choose. I'm like, it's an interesting... Uh, yeah, it's like a southern accent. It's almost, it almost feels like the accents because he has to put, peruse his lips out over these fake teeth. And he has this horrible fake tan. So his character is just hilariously looking. Um, but it's, basically... It's like, how is he this successful in this town looking like that? Well, there's it's plenty just, of people that look like that. I mean, look, look at Papa John's. That guy in Captain's uh, commercials has, like, the spray tan and, like, the tan, the sunbathing goggle tan. I just don't understand how people, when they look like that, are still successful, you know? Well, because they're charisma. 
Well, Justin Long did not have a charisma in this one. Uh, he had enough to where like he was a he was a property owner and was like a well, property he was developer. a real estate uh, mogul type. Yeah, in the he, town. Um, he was rebuilding the town up uh, to build like kind of. <laughs> his giant mall or whatnot. Where like it, it's one of those classic stories of like I need to buy the buy this last piece of property in other so I can build my like gaudy super mall complex is going to put all the local stores out of business but it'll be great for the community type thing it's like all right everyone hold out build around him yeah. <laughs> you don't need just you go don't, around you don't need to build destroy this one dude's house just so you uh build your property it depends on how many acres he has but i just kind of looking at it i'm like yeah it's a big house but it doesn't look like he's just sitting on a 50 acre lot yeah it's not like he has a, has a ranching uh area or anything. it's like oh he's the last house we need to buy it's just a big house like on a hill so i'm like what is that like two acres max maybe yeah. <laughs> that you um, can kind of see so it's like yeah you could just build around him so the plus really obvious of what's happening at first basically is that um just along wants to get this house they don't uh he the guy, guy doesn't want to sell it this family uh, that our main character Winnie is with is like the next biggest family, and the guy who owns the house is the big was like the main family of the town. Yeah, but it's slowly declining. Um, and like she's best friends with the old guy's like granddaughter. Um, but it's very clear that okay, the murderer here is Justin Long. He's going to he kills the grandfather because he wants to get the house. Mm-hmm. But the grandfather mentions like yeah, when I die, the house will go to my granddaughter. So clearly, he's going to go after the granddaughter. Yeah. So then he goes and kills the granddaughter and starts killing like any witnesses that are around. Yeah. Uh, which ends up being uh, Winnie at this at this party where he ends up killing the granddaughter. Yeah. Well, he kills the granddaughter in front of Winnie, um, and that starts like a whole chase sequence. That was fun. Yeah. And, he's and really- I like the costume for the killer. Yeah. Like, it's like the- it's, they call him the angel, where he's like a, a white robe and a hood with like a just a plain white mask yeah but the um, mask is kind of like cool iridescent it's iridescent and, and it's shaped to like thin out the face more a little bit so like it's not just like a clear like plastic white face there's, yeah white blanket. there's like a little bit of indent for yeah, like where the eyes would be where the eyes would be where the cheekbones would be that type of thing yeah. so he runs around and he's he's stabbing people with a knife and he kills the granddaughter well the first kill of the movie is great because the granddaughter's making out with, with her, her boyfriend, boyfriend outside and she's like, oh, what did you eat? This is, yeah, like, so it's clearly, tinny. But- and then you see him, and he's like, oh, it starts spitting out blood. And then you see a candy cane, like, one of those giant candy canes that you put, like, in your yard. Yeah, just go right through his mouth. And then it does a side profile of the candy cane in his Yeah, it was very face. surprising. And I'm like, oh. But it was so good. That was probably one of my favorite kills in this film. And that was actually really a really well done, considering the first kill with the grandfather, where they take the knife. Oh, sorry, sorry. Throat. This is the second kill. Yeah, because the kill with the grandfather, they take the knife and rub it and like just trace it across his neck. It's very clear that it's like, look, it's already cut open and there's already blood there. And he's yeah, just... they could have done a little bit better on that. Yeah, it's almost but... like he like he buttered the neck if they cut it open. Yeah. Um. But then this one happens, you think, okay, he's stabbed in the gut or the back, that's why he's spitting up blood, but then it comes through his head, mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Yeah. So it was very entertaining to have, and jarring, because that's not what you expect, ha- how that kill was going to happen. <laughs> then he kills the granddaughter, who's, like, banging on the door, let me in, let me in. Everybody's like, what's going on? I'm just staring at her. Like, somebody's saying, screaming, let me in, he's after me. And you're all just going to stare at the door. She does it for, like, maybe about 10 seconds before she's attacked again. So it's kind of that jarring, like, <laughs> oh, what? before going and doing something. I think somebody could have got somebody would have opened the door sooner. 
But basically, she gets killed. So why is the door locked? Yeah. And, like, why is this at, <laughs> a, like, like, at a school that's, like, they have to set up a generator to turn on the lights in there? Yeah, that was a little weird. And, yeah, it's a party that, like, all the parents are like, oh, have fun at the party. Go to the yeah, party. Go to the party tonight. No. It's, and it's like, like, so it's not it's, like a, a secret hidden party. It's turn the fucking power. It's, yeah, it's, it's a party at the school. Like, what's going on? Yeah, but so, anyway, Winnie starts running away from him. The angel, And her brother shows up to try and help to, help as well. Yeah, to protect her. Um, there's a tussle. The brother uh, gets thrown down. The angel's on top of him trying to, like, stab him with the knife. And then Winnie comes up behind him. With the jumper cables from, from the, the generator. generator and electrocutes the angel to death. Yeah. And then rips off the mask and, oh, look, it's Justin Long with the flippers and the goofy face. What? I'm looking all fried and toasty. Yeah, the funny thing about like when he's on top of the brother is like he's, he's the classic, like, I'm pushing the knife down, he's pushing the knife up. Um, and it's one of those things that, like, John Wick has ruined me on because, like, so it happens in John Wick constantly. And then when people do that, they just go, Ugh, and they just, like, start hammering to, like, push the knife down. Which is totally, like, what you should do. But instead, like, he gets the knife pushed up, and Justin just goes, I'm going to push it down on you slowly. Well, to be fair, his character <laughs> is kind of a little like, weak. Yeah. Um, it's a weakly boy. Yeah, it's definitely definitely interesting from where I saw that scene. And then, like, she electrocutes him, and, like, you said, like, he just has, like, his perused lips over his teeth, and, like... <laughs> <laughs> electrocute and fry. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, we jump forward a year, and, like, the te- her family's been very prosperous with the death of the wa- of Waters. Um, Waters' brother literally, like, threatens her in the street that, like, I, sh- I should fucking kill you. Because yeah, you killed my brother. And it's like... Like, your brother was a murderer. Fuck off. <laughs> it's like, your brother fucking killed my best friend, her grandfather, and... And, like, the, the boyfriend. The boyfriend. Yeah. So, Fuck you. Fuck off. Yeah. So, I almost died that night. And like, so her family's being, has prospered very well. They're oh, happy. Their real estate business has basically replaced Waters and they're, they're like the big family of the town, but everybody loves them because they understand like the quaintness of the town and keeping it quaint. Yeah. Um, but like, she's basically been depressed and like through it for the past year because she lost her best friend. Um, and, and went through this traumatic experience and like, like nobody's talked to her about it. Yeah. And it's like, after that, she should have gone to therapy. Like, and she yeah. should be with a therapist, talking about it, having weekly sessions so she can get over it. Well, not get over it, but, you know, be able to work her way through it. And especially when it's coming up on the first anniversary of her friend's death. Yeah, and, like, it's very clear that she's been depressed and mopey and her family, like, not having it. Because when they, get, when they give them, like, Christmas Eve gifts... It's like, here you go, daughter. Here's a pink jumpsuit. Which she's like, what the fuck is this? And then they Oh, I love because they the the ants. Yeah, the ants who are like, you never give a woman a a gift a gift like relating to her body. And dad's like, What why? No, because they were telling that to the brother and he's like, Well, what's wrong? And they're like, You never do this. I got a scale and it did not end well. Yeah, it's like especially not not from your dad, because the dad's the one that gave it gave to her, who's played by Joel McHale. And then, like, you find out real quick, like, clearly they don't like her because the son gets a brand new GMC fully loaded truck. Yeah. Because, like, he's the he's a real estate partner with his dad in the, in the family business now. Even though, like, he was an all-state football player. So, like, he should be leaving to go to go to football, college football. Yeah. Because he's, like, the big QB for the town. 
Well, maybe um, he couldn't get a scholarship. I would assume maybe he, he's not that great. I would assume he would have got a scholarship, but like he's part, yeah. but his dad's like, oh, my partner needs to drive around in style. Here's a jumpsuit for my daughter. Here's a fucking brand new like forty thousand dollar truck for my yeah. for my son. Oh, and also she's trying to apply to NYU for photography the, for photography, and, and she's got rejected that morning. Which kind of makes sense. Like, she was big in photography what, before the murders happened, and then afterwards of being depressed and whatnot, she probably fell off on doing photos and doing stuff like that. And so, like, her portfolio probably lacked in the last year. Yeah. So she didn't get in because she hasn't been focusing on stuff. And then, like, when she finally blows up at her family, like, it's been a year. It's the anniversary of my, friend's, my best friend's death. Fuck you. Nobody cares. Nobody's talking about it. We yeah. didn't do any of this shit. What the fuck's wrong with you? They literally just say, you should fucking move on. It's been a year. Yeah. You don't want to think about that. Why would you want to relive that memory a year later? And, like, they don't clearly understand. So, like, she runs off to the par- to the yearly party with her friends. Yeah, at, to at her boyfriend's, boyfriend's house. house. To then find out that her boyfriend is cheating on her. Yeah. And has been cheating on her for the and past the year. thing, like, because there's this weirdo. They call her weirdo, weirdo. Which is just a random girl that goes to her school. And uh, uh, she, in the weird, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, but Her weird, name is Bernie. Bernie, thank you. Which and is also a weird name kept, for, for a girl. Yeah, but Bernie keeps, uh, or was trying to steer her away from where her actual boyfriend was to try and be friendly. be friendly and protect her from the truth. But just like, no, that's not what you do. Yeah. What you do is say, oh, your asshole boyfriend is in the what was it laundry room with one of your friends making out. Yeah. So uh, go dump his. So ba- basically, she finds out her boyfriend's been cheating on her with another friend for the for past year, year because she years. because she's been depressed and couldn't get over the the murders that happened because she didn't get any therapy for her trauma. To the point where, like, she's now at the mysterious dock staring at the Aurora Borealis, which is very rare to show up in their town, apparently, and makes a wish that she was never born, that they would be better off without her because she feels like... Yeah, she was never alive. It's kind of like, that's kind of weird, dude. Obviously, you're you're depressed. You should be more pissed that they didn't get you therapy, not that I should never be... I should never exist and nobody cares about me. Yeah. Because, like, clearly that's not the case. People want you to just get over your shit. Which is like the thing you don't tell somebody when they're have when they're depressed, like, oh, just get over oh, it. Shit, it's like excuse. <laughs> um. So basically, her wish comes true, and like she's now in the town. The exact same time has passed. Yeah. Well, but like, lights go out. The roller by last explodes or something. Yeah, basically. and then like the lights around her go out, and so she turns around. And the two weird guys because... drinking at the dock in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve. Which is very weird. It's like it'd be more weird if they if it'd be more normal that there wasn't anybody at the dock at yeah, at, at, like in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve than two random guys just drinking beers and chuckling to each other. <laughs> she turns around and asks them like, "Hey, did you did, did you know how with the power?" And sees that one of them is being killed by the angel. And she's like, "What? The angel's back!" Yeah, I mean, and so she runs, calls the police, calls police. and then Water's the, brother shows up, who is now suddenly the sheriff. Yep, and she's like, "What the hell?" And then she starts realizing that things are different. Her family has no idea who she is. Yep. A Waters is still alive. Um, Henry Waters. And the whole town is owned by Waters, basically. Yep. And the town is shit. <clears throat> yeah. So and It's like, interesting because she makes this wish on Christmas Eve. But when she's, like, transported to this, like, other world, it must be a few days before Christmas because this takes place over the course of a couple days. 
Yeah, it does because it, it's the next day, and then when she comes back, it's like, oh, it's Christmas Day. Day. It's like, it's she like, didn't even leave, really. Because like that, because it was definitely Christmas Eve night, because they had them open a gift, and like, it's so weird that you make us open a gift on Christmas Eve, Eve. Which, like... Well, some people do that's, that. That's what we always do in my family. That's normal tradition. Yeah. So it takes place over a couple of days, and then she's transported back to Christmas Day, almost like a Christmas Carol type thing, mm-hmm. um, which Christmas Carol takes place all in one night, not over a couple of days. It's, they go to the next day... And like this daytime, she's running around trying to get people to, to figure out, figure out that okay, she's in a world. She the night exist. before, that's when she meets up with Bernie at the party, sees her ex. Technically, it should have moved her like back a day then, because yeah, she goes to the party again, which would yeah, be a which Christmas is the annual party, party, but it's at her boyfriend, her boyfriend's house. house. So we must have transported her back a day. Yeah, and, everyone is. Like, now crackheads or methods. Yeah, because, like, the town's gone to shit because Waters is running into the ground. Basically, they don't explain it. Like, this is where the movie follows this premise, follows the premise of Wonderful Life, but doesn't bother to explain some things. And it starts taking, like, some movie logic jumps here where it's, like, she makes friends with uh, the Bernie girl. Yeah. um, Because Bernie wants to help because Bernie wants a friend. Wants a friend, basically. That's all Bernie just wants a friend because Bernie was... uh, also depressed because she has no friends that really makes fun of her in school, which makes sense. Yeah. And then they go through this like weird movie logic where we're literally like, okay, we have to kill uh, the angel murderer. In which order is to, Waters. We have to, which we got to kill Waters so that you can get your uh, wish back because the Royal Boy Alice doesn't show up here. But legend says it shows up when somebody's killed violently and it's their spirit. So you got to make a wish on the dead guy's spirit to get yeah. back. <laughs> Logic. Yeah, and so then they, they as she's like, at, trying to get convince her family like, who she is. Joel McHale's like, I don't have any kids. I only had one kid, my son, and he was taken from me. And that basically like broke him. Like he's gone fucking crazy because yeah. his son's dead. Clearly, he likes his son more than he liked his daughter. Well, he never had a daughter yeah. in his life, so we don't know that for sure. Yeah. True, but like we know that in the in the <laughs> time, like he gave her a jumpsuit versus a car. Yeah, that's, that's a big it's jump like, logic. Yeah, and even like the forgiveness gift at the end was like it's, it's a fucking sh- it's a shitty camera, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't give her like state of the art brand new digital camera. You gave her like a, the same one that. Yeah, you should have like. Like, here's keys. It's like, oh, where do these keys go to? It's like, oh, to your photo studio. studio. Yeah. Something like that would have been much better, but whatever. Yeah. So but basically, like, her mom's no longer jolly. She's an alcoholic who has side pieces. The dad's completely depressed. and, and Just locks himself up in his And, room. like, it's everywhere. And, it's, and then it, when it gets to the point where, like, they convince the aunt that, she, that she's who she says she is because, like, she knows stuff about her. Yeah. Um, that... N- you can't find uh, on yeah. the internet. And then, like, she tries to go to the dad and tells him, like, hey, we need to kill... We The guy who killed, your, kill stu- killed your son was Waters. He's like, oh, that's my best friend. You're crazy. He paid and for the then, funeral. And then the angel shows up to try and kill them, or kills the mother and the boyfriend. Yes. Uh, which, okay, who has motivation to do that? Because Waters wouldn't have to kill them. That's uh, clearly Joel McHale's the angel. Yeah. Uh, which they end up finding out, yeah, it was Joel McHale who they end up killing in the house. No, they don't kill him in the house. They, they do not. They leave him um, knocked out the base of the... No, sorry. He gets up because they... That's sorry. They, they lure him to the theater, theater. Which they don't tell us how they lured him. They just said, we're going to go to the theater. We'll lure him here and then they we'll take him out. lights in a marquee saying, we're here. Yeah, That's which, what it said. It said, we're here. Come get us. Which is like, how is that a lure at, by any means? So they're in the theater that Bernie like kind of owns, I guess, because she has the Or runs to- or... Yeah, because like she's again, this, it's jumps in logic. Yeah, because like 
she has her mom, but no, but no father, because like the father ran off or something. Her mom's just been hooking up with people ever since. So her home life is shit. That's why her school life is shit. She has no money because she makes all her own clothes, which is why she gets made fun of. But somehow has the keys to this rundown theater. Which I think she works. But like, I'm guessing. But it's like playing Christmas guess. Carol, and then I know what you did last Christmas. It's like the two movies it's playing. Yeah. And she mentioned that Christmas Carol was her favorite movie. But anyway, they lure him there, and they do this one smart thing where like when the angel's chasing uh. Winnie up the stairs that go kind of in a winding a wind around and she has like a broken broomstick I was like oh you should just stop on the stairs and like let him run into it and that's exactly what she does like he comes around the corner and just runs right into this to it and then falls down that's when they reveal that oh it's dad well th- no they already knew oh yeah that's it? right and they kill her dad so that's when like, they officially kill the dad and they're like all right we'll go back to the dock <laughs> and, and make your wish like, make the wish and so her and bernie go to the dock and bernie reveals like this was going to be my last christmas because i was going to kill myself and like no you're really my clarence i'm not your clarence you're mine you're saved my life and, uh, I and, then, and then she's like all right i'm ready to go and she doesn't go pack because guess what she actually has to kill waters <laughs> which is the funny thing because it's, it's like, like it's like you just right, have to kill people your, your logic was we have to kill the murderer to to send you back okay we killed the murderer that didn't work Okay, let's kill somebody else. Let's kill your OG murderer. Let's kill another person and see if it works, like, again. It's like, no, you wouldn't murder somebody. And, like, cool, that didn't work. Maybe we just have to murder somebody else. And so, like... Uh, So then... uh, Justin has a... Like his free life, but it's a naughty and nice And like people up to say like, "Oh, you were good. You were naughty." And killing people, like he kills his brother in front of, in front of the townsfolk, and like nobody cares. No reactions. Not whatsoever. It's like they're all in a trance. Like they also have like this green glow in their eyes for some they, reason. They don't. Explain they don't explain that at all. This bit at the end. And it is not until after she like kills uh, Waters <laughs> that the green glow goes away, and everyone's like, "Oh wow!" We, they wake up from a trance for some reason, which is like not uh, explained. Yeah. And then, for some reason, Bernie and her, like, make out last minute. Like, suddenly she's a lesbian. Yeah, she turns lesbian. It makes her wish, goes back to her normal time, wakes up. It's like, oh, it's Christmas Day. Like, it's the Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's like, oh, be happy, happy. And the parents are downstairs like, oh, we got to make up to her. So we'll Here's the shitty camera again. Yeah, here's this brand new camera that's not... Not new. It's like... Because she had an old Pentax camera that she filmed with a shot. So, which... Granted, those are nice and they're hard to find and they're probably expensive, but replacing her. But in comparison to a brand new fucking truck, yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's still <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah, it was like this is a shitty. Like, I'm sorry, I gave you a jumpsuit it's gift and gave your brother a car. It's like then give her a car, or like I said, her gift should have been her real gift should have been. Oh, here's a photo studio. Yeah, but basically, and then she runs back to Bernie's house. Like as she's running through the street saying, Oh, it's all the house back to normal. Like, oh, Bernie's going to kill herself. Yeah, so she tries to stop Bernie from killing herself, but somehow Bernie remembers everything that happened. Somehow. Magical. <laughs> not explained, not whatsoever. They go into her house, roll credits. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, Oh, come to my house for so, Christmas. Like, it's a fun like cr- Christmas like slasher movie, but it definitely loses its logic and plot by the end of it, where it's just like, We gotta wrap this up. So like, yeah, everything's just, happy, done. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, the town's in a trance, that's why they like, like this. why they're in a trance? Was there a ritual or something going on? No, nobody knows. Just Waters was killing people so that he could have power. Like, kill the yeah. kill, uh, people to get the house so he can build his, his megaplex. Then kill the sheriff so he can put his brother there so he'd be protected. And then and start then killing soon- all the teenagers for some reason. In yeah, town. so then the parents get depressed and leave. So then he takes over so their businesses. Businesses. It's- it was a weird plot for that. And then like the fact that 
they were letting him murder people in front of him and nobody cared. It was like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. So but, this just happens. But for like a shutter, like independent, like horror film, it's done it's, fairly well. It's fun. The it's kills are interesting. If you want a little holiday slasher, yeah. this will fill that little void. It does have some fun emotions. And, like, again, like, yeah. just looking at Justin Long throughout this is hilarious. Because, like, yes. it's definitely one of his character pieces. And he does definitely good, funny characters. Not as good as Randy St. Saint, Saint Martin in no, the... Nothing can beat In Randy. the VSQ universe, but... Randy um, St. Martin is the gem. <laughs> but this is very, <laughs> very close, out there. Yeah. I, um, I like seeing him when he does Goofy. <laughs> yeah. So, like moving this. on to our last film, which is oh, the big boy. Zack Snyder event called Rebel Moon, which... Um, I was looking to see, like, was this inspired by anything? There is a video game called Rebel uh, Moon uh, Rising that came out in 97, which probably isn't related, but it's basically the same plot where it's like, rebel colonists uh, on a moon fight against oppressive UN forces from Earth. That's the video game plot. The plot of Rebel Moon is basically a colony of farmers raise an army to fight against... uh, Mother Earth's uh, army or battleship, but it basically, this is very much inspired by lots of stuff. Like everyone else has been saying, oh, it's a Star Wars ripoff, Star Wars ripoff. No. Where I can see like some of the Star Wars stuff with like how the the, the ships and the droids are built and but, the uh, the swords that the one chick uses. Yeah, like like it. like there's one like blue lightsaber you see like kind of kill somebody, pop. but you almost see the lightsaber once, once, and then like the one chick nemesis has blades that thermal blades that are almost more cyberpunky. Thermal blades and lightsaber, but it's but it's close. It's close enough. So no, but basically this is Seven Samurai, and more not necessarily the uh, traditional traditional Seven, seven Samurai. Samurai. This is the anime Seven Samurai. Samurai Seven. It's more Samurai Seven with a bit of um, the Magnificent Seven thrown in with the Western elements yeah. of the look. But because in Seven Samurai, it's a small farm town that's being. That uh, it's told like, hey, you have to produce uh, my military grain, or we're going to destroy you, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same situation that happens here. And then they go off and hire these Ronin samurais who come protect them. And then the seven samurais show up and they protect the town, right? Yeah. In this, it's more so that there's a w- woman living in the town who's been there for the past like five years or so, or ten years, who knows? Um, I think it was five. Yeah, maybe it was like five years, and she's been there, and she's been farming with them and whatnot and then but she used to be part of the military and that's why she knows that they're going to just steal everything and, and destroy the the colony when they sh- when the warship showed up um there is no agreement of go and hire people to stop it it is just hey well, i'm going to go do this and i'm going to take your best farmer with me <laughs> or no the best farmer goes with her to yeah because he knows sugar. he because he was selling their excess grain to the rebels because there is a rebel force in this universe fighting against this imperial force. Maybe which, that's where they got the Star Wars because they're like, oh, they're well, using the rebel force. Well, also the basically the introduction story that's narrated is like, hey, there was a, there's Earth and they ran out of supplies and then this king decided to go on a galactic, uh, go across the the galaxy like getting resources from everybody and spreading and expanding his kingdom. But then that king was killed and then the senator moved uh, took the chaos of him and his family being assassinated to taking power, becoming the regent. So it's like. That's Star Wars. Ruler die, ruler dies, or governments in chaos, and then a senator takes over. Yeah. and make and that's the Star Wars part of this. Yeah, film. but it's like, but that's all in the beginning narration. But as we find out, it's not like this was a benevolent kingdom that was spreading across and taking resources. Oh. It was still a very evil ki- kingdom being run by by a monarchy that was like, we're taking your shit and we're 
destroying your planet and we're killing all your people. Yeah. And then it was taken over by another person who believed in the same shit. So it's not like they were ever good. Yeah. It was very uh, Russian Romanov. Yeah. It was, it was just strange. It's not like it was like, oh, it used to be a good government. Now, now it's bad. Yeah. It's like, you know, it was always it's just bad. bad. Yeah. Which is like, oh, yeah. Okay. So here's the Russian uh, influence here. <laughs> So basically, our main character, who is uh, played by Sofia Buletta, who's known from uh, The Kingsman. She's the, the assassin who had, like, the knives for legs. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Skirin is our main antagonist, who was uh, Francis from Deadpool. Francis. Uh, but they also add, like, uh, Digimon uh, Hansu, who is from Gal- uh, the Black Eye from Gladiator, also in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And the uh, guy who goes, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Star-Lord. He's like, oh, he remembered. <laughs> um uh, Beidona, uh, who plays Nemesis, who is like our, she had really cool costume design. She was like designed yes. like the. Um, she was dressed exactly like one of the sisters from Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. The assassin sisters. Um, she was dressed like that. Her hat just needed to be a little bit bigger and it would have been on point. But her look was yeah. awesome. And like she's known from Cloud Atlas, the host, and also basically a sequel to. Um, Mr. Vengeance or Old Boy called Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, she's was one of the basically the samurai they pick up. Um, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Zack Snyder's um, Justice League or even the regular Justice League, he played one of the characters. Um, but also, there's a lot of like kind of no name people like I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, but th- where this movie kind of falls apart at is that it's definitely Seven Samurai when they're going to go do stuff. Yes. Like, there's no agreement that we're going to hire uh, people to come get us. We no money to give them to incentivize. Which this. is kind of where Seven Samurai was at, where it's like, hey, we're going to give you some grain. We'll give you our excess grain to help defend our town. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't necessarily the agreement. It was like, hey, you're a warrior. You're coming with us. And they're like, oh, God. Well, well, no, like, I'm seeing in the town, like, the girl, our main character, like, you oh. used to be a warrior, you know about this general, go find this general and his army and have them come protect us. And that's what she's supposed to do, and, like, the farmer she takes with them is supposed to know how to reach the rebels, and, like, they're supposed to know how to reach the general and all that stuff. Um, but parts of the false part is that she was... Parts? Yeah, well, the, where, where it first falls <laughs> apart is that... She's going to leave the town because she knows that they're just going to get destroyed. And she's just going to abandon them. Mm-hmm. But decides not to when the uh, Platoon of soldiers who are stationed there to make sure that they, they, that they produce the grain they're supposed to for them is going to rape a girl. Uh, she just steps in. Uh, her, one of the soldiers, kind of rebels against the platoon. And the droid that they bought helps out. After that incident, and they killed the pl- all, everybody, all the soldiers there. Except for the except one for the private. One, the one private who was trying to help. They don't do anything with the private. We don't see we him don't ever see again. What happens? The robot runs away. We don't see him. Oh, the, also the robot is played by Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Who they probably just had for like two one, hours. One four hour session. One four hours. They booked him for one four hour session, but only used him for an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like literally he like gets the final shot and kills him. And he's supposed to be a robot that like was a royal guard, but after the king died, they all just stopped fighting. Yeah, and they became peaceful. And, like, they, they're they just subservient. But, like, he ru- he runs off, and we never see him again. I'm like, why don't you take the robot with you or, and have the soldier or set up the soldier so that he's reporting back that everything's okay so they don't show up early? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What happened to these characters? They just are gone they're the just, entire movie. Yeah. So, but <laughs> after that, that's when they decided you're going to go find this general and leave. And then so they take the farmer to go find his contact. Who then When they get to town... The contact has been arrested by bounty hunters is being taken off to the Imperials. Um, and so then Charlie Huntsman, 
who is basically our Han Solo in the cantina, is just there, helps them in the bar fight, and then joins their cause for no apparent reason whatsoever. Yeah. Doesn't give us a reason at all why he's doing it. And he helps them find these other people, which is... Yeah, that beast. he leads them to these other people, and you're like... Who, oh, one okay. is a beast tamer, who tames a beast that we... that, that but That's never... a griffin. It's a griffin. You don't have to say it's a beast. It's a fucking griffin. But then they take him... You have a beast tamer who has no beast to tame or to yes. control to fight with. But, 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 he... but you, God forbid you put a shirt on him, because he's like bare-chested, and it's like, oh, glowing yeah. all the time. Then he's they, like, look at my 18 pack. Then they find Nemesis, who is the vengeful mother killing all, kill, known for killing soldiers. You for, find that out till Yeah, late. you don't find that out till later. You just know that she's there and she kills a, a spider monster. Well, she just joins them. Like, there's no talks. Yeah, there's no, there's no bar- bargaining with them. No telling, hey, they we're doing this and we'll give you this. It's just, cool, we'll help you save, the, well, you saw that you're saving this, this kid from the spider monster. We're just kind of walking on this fight. She fights it. Shows that she's a badass, which is kind of like weird because she she does the badass kill move like late. And it's like, why don't you start with that? She does start with that, but she doesn't have do, her like her lightsaber she blades. She didn't do and she didn't pull her swords out. She just slid under it. Yeah, basically, like, she fights. She could have just done this like right off the bat. Showed she was a super badass, and then they could have a talk. And you're like, okay, this is why she's going to join them. No, you don't get any of that bullshit. You get like this elongated fight that didn't need to be elongated well, with a bunch of slow-mos which we'll get to slow-mos in a bit and it's just like okay this long ass fight's done all right she just joins you now and we're off to the next guy it's so which it was very stupid. i always said like he was trying to set up that all right each character is going to show off what their skill set is in an action sequence so she's gonna fight but the stupid thing about her fight was that she fights and then at the end of the fight she lights up her swords and then kills it it's like you should have started with that instead of like fighting it with you're just the blades themselves but then after that the like end fight she automatically turns her like sword lights on it's like yeah so like the fighting the fighting technique makes no sense but then, like, after that, we're done showcasing people's abilities. We find the general, who's a wash-up drunk. At a gladiator thing. And we never see him fight. I thought, like, he was running the gladiator pits. We were in, we were kind of told to believe, like, he's running this. He wants people to stay away from him. Um, but, but no, he's, he's just a wash-up drunk on the street, which I thought he was dead, actually, at first. I was like, oh, your general's dead. Okay, I'll find somebody else. Like, another gladiator dude or something. So... But they rec- they watch him, recruit him with like just so, with just a speech of like, oh, you got to avenge the, your dead soldiers or whatnot. And then for some reason he joins them. He's like, and then they go from there to uh, recruiting uh, Ray Fisher's character, Blood Axe, who's one of the leads leaders of the rebellion. Yeah, him and his sister. But basically, he goes with a handful of people who volunteer, basically saying, "Yeah, we need to fight for them because otherwise we're It'll be re- another we're rebel planet. cause who who's hiding behind our cause and not actually willing to die for some for die to really fight the rebel, the Imperials, right? Fair. That was fair. like at least good, but like we we lost the like this we is why lost this, the plot. we lost the plot of like this is why this person is needed because we have no idea why the general is there because they they flat out say the sister says to the brother like you're our tactician we win battles because of your attack your tactic yeah so it's like so what like, fucks the general why is the general here for if you have a tactician here so you <laughs> it's it's our main character who's like who's like oh a badass uh, soldier from uh, the uh, ex soldier from the military uh, animal trainer uh, swordsman. A general, a tactician, and a farmer. Farmer. Oh, and and the uh, uh, Kai, who was the uh, the, the Han Solo smuggler, smuggler guy, 
who then they try to like have a romantic like will they won't they thing just threw it in there yeah for no apparent reason right and then this is kind of where he's like oh this is why i'm helping you yeah i want to be an honorable person and it's like we don't we don't know why he was here to begin with and it just should have been like in the beginning and then he says i gotta do one last thing so i'm out of my life with thievery and then we'll go to your town and then we we can like save it so we're like okay cool you're going to do one thing. We'll finally see why Kai is useful, right? Now, it turns out Kai betrayed them all. and Was betraying and, them all. And was using her to, like, capture all these all these high-ranking, high-bounty people to turn into uh, the bad guy, uh, Atticus, who's played by uh, Ed Skier and our, our Francis guy. Francis. Which they also put a weird scene in there where Francis is into a tentacle oh, monster. Why it's there, you don't no know. There's, there's so many no points yeah. in this film. Um, but basically... They all get captured, and they try to get the farmer to, like, paralyze them in this, like, scorpion, like, suit thing that they're all stuck in. Yeah. And somehow this farmer knows how to release them from this device, which he's never seen. He's only seen it, like, capture somebody. He's never seen it be seen the gun part of it be used. Yeah, he didn't even know there was a gun element yeah, to like, it. Yeah, like, he's like, here's this gun. Put it into the back of their neck, and you'll, par- you'll snap their spinal cord, and they'll be paralyzed. Yeah. And Kai's trying to make him do it. And, but somehow he knows how to release them using the gun and then turns around and kills Kai. Yeah. It's like, so our ex machina thing is that this farmer who's never been off his planet, has never seen fucking technology, suddenly knows how to use this technology. technology like this. Because yeah. farming town is very, very primitive for no reason. Yeah, it's like too. Nordic primitive. And like, and he, so- like okay. he somehow <laughs> quickly re- releases our main character, turns around and kills Kai. And then they all have a shootout and like they get everyone out. And then, uh, what is it? Uh, Blood Axe dies because all, mo- all of his men except one, one get gets shot killed. out. And it's like, oh, they sent the shot like, oh, hey, look, the big ship that the bad guy showed up on is about to shoot all the tiny ships that his soldiers are running to. Hey, there's a crane there. He's going to run up the crane, dive into it's the cockpit, and kill the guy. Up. It's like, cool, he's going to do that. But like, no, he waits for them to shoot all his ships and kill all his people. And then, then he runs like, oh, up. But then when he runs up it, it's not like long strides like he's running up this thing to make a big jump. It's, it's like, like little tiny ju- tiny like he's casually jogging. Yes. Up it. It's like casually jogging, but I think that he that Snyder was trying to do was the like quick like little step runs. Oh, the step that, runs like, that you do, like in like, Japanese movies. Yeah, in Japanese movies that like D-d-d-d-d-d. but it doesn't work when it's slow-mo. Yeah. Should we talk about slow mo or do there, you want to wait? There is, there's definitely like you could have a slow mo counter on this because he does so much ridiculous slow mo. so quick. Like he, oh my god, he's known for his slow mo, but like is overly used in this. There's so many unnecessary slow mo shots that's like we're going to slow mo her jumping, and it's not that dyma- dynamic. Yeah, and he, it's like even you when need she to gets pick and choose. When to do slow mo? Like it's just too much. Like Zexner has like good visions. Of, like this would be a cool slow mo shot, and he puts it in there. But it's like it's no point in putting it here. Yeah, it does yes, that it. looks cool, but like this is not good for storytelling. Some, some shots that just didn't look cool or work either. Yeah, but like there's the ridiculous ones. Are like I'm gonna do slow mo when they're shooting a gun. It's like we've seen this slow mo multiple times. We don't need to keep seeing it every time. Um, so it's it's. The problem with this movie is that it's, it has lots of inspiration from a bunch of different things, but they're not done well. And it doesn't tie in. And nothing tie like they kind completely the skip story. conversations that they probably should have had to the to tie them together. The story is the worst part, yeah. like the storytelling, I should say. Because like basically, they get this big battle where at, at this port, um, the uh, Blood Axe ends up like jumping in the cockpit and, and taking down the ship that ends up crashing and everything, and then. 
this is where like they even have continuity is there here because our big so, fight against Francis is on this platform. Yeah, between Cora and Francis, and like we keep calling him Francis, but that's not his name in the movie. But that's who that's he what, is. That's who he is. He's a Francis. But basically, his big weapon of choice is this cane with a big club, like a bone club on oh, it, that he yeah. basically beats the shit out of people with, right? And he, we've seen him do it multiple times. She literally breaks this in the middle of the fight, and then the next scene he still has it. It's and then they it's, break it. No, it's still whole, and yeah. you're like, but we just saw her. She broke it. Like it's not. Break it. Because it's not like a staff size, it's a cane size, and it's still cane size after she breaks it. And there's no jagged end, yeah. it's still the same. And then she breaks it again and then stabs him with it. Yeah, with one end. So, like, they break it twice, which you're like, wait, she already broke this, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Because, like, they fucked up in the editing there. She stabs him with it, pushes, and then he ends up falling off the thing. Well, the other weird thing is that when she, like, dove under the ship falling to get to him to start this fight... She had a gun. She had a gun. But when she, when she lands on the platform or she's up above him on the platform to jump down to start this fight, she has no gun all of a sudden. And we don't it's see just, why she wants to. It's just magically gunless. So then it becomes a fist fight between her and him and his cane and that she breaks twice, apparently, and then kills but, him. But the first break doesn't count because cane has magical powers and can heal itself. Apparently. That should be its own story. But she stabs him, kicks him off the thing, and then she tells everybody, like, hey. A very, very high platform. Yeah, this is like sky city platform and like like he should have been he's dead splattered. so like then she tells I'm everybody she basically tells everybody like, okay we killed the commander of a battleship what they should do to follow, follow protocol is that they're not known for their bravery so they'll just go back to earth until they get another commander take over the ship and then come back yeah so it's like okay so, there's no xo on this ship that's going to take command which clearly there would be because all the people here on in on their side are fucking crazy yeah like every there's always a chain of command. It's like this person. And they're always power one. hungry, obviously, too. So like, but basically that's what they say. So they go back to the tap, to the, to her little village and like, oh, this would be a great place to die uh, and have an, and have an honorable death or something. It's like, yep. nothing happens. Well, there. they don't go up. They just see the village in the distance. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's so pretty. And so they continue um, riding their horse. Things. Because the next movie is going to be a battle in the town, probably. Yeah, which is the second half of Seven Seven. But what happens here is that Francis, after Francis ends up being picked up by the Imperials, his body's still like perfectly pres- like he's like he's not, not squished. Like he should he, be like he's just laying on some rocks like, with the waters washing up over him. They pick him up. They like put a neural jack into him. And but she probably likes. He's like, "Ooh, tentacle mama, come yeah. at me again." They put a bunch of tubes in him and whatnot. And basically, this is the equivalent of him making a phone call back to the regent, where they're like, "Okay, upload him, all right." And then he has a conversation with the regent that says, "Okay, our main character was the regent's daughter, which well, we obviously kind of knew, figured well, that." We yeah. are, well, they already explained that. Well, they said that she was the daughter of uh, adopted daughter of a general. We yeah. know the general became a senator and then became the regent. Yeah, we didn't know that that was the case. Until this point, that no. okay, the, that general became a senator, and then became regent, and he's the one in charge. And he wants Francis to go and capture his daughter, destroy the town, and kill everybody, and kill the rebel, uh, the rebel alliance or whatnot. Yeah, and kill all of them, and bring her back the do- the girl alive. And then, boom, he's back to life and alive again, for somehow. Yep through their technology it's magic so but- now that he's alive the battleship isn't going to just go back to earth he's going to take take his command and go back to that village and then our next movie is going to be the fight at the village and then whatever happens after that yeah again the thing is with this movie is that oh <laughs> where it fails is that it's inspired by all these little things 
but it drops characters quickly. It doesn't follow through with those plots where they don't set them up properly to execute. But you still there's also zero character and there's no character except development. for Korra. Do you, Korra's family one that really gets a backstory, really gets kind yeah. of a little bit of growth. Everything and else I'm is just. I'm being generous with that little bit of growth. Yeah, and everyone else it. is just basically we're told they're, why they're cool or we're shown why they're cool, but then they never execute their coolness in a battle. Yeah, because like, you don't have any real conversations literally. with them. No, no real personalities. And the whole time we're like, why is the farmer still here? The farmer was there to show her to show her how to get to the Rebel the Alliance. He should have left after they found the. Uh, Kai in the in the bar, like Kai's like, okay, I'll take you to where you need to go. He's like, okay, cool, I'm going back to the town. Yeah, like, like you said, he's on this adventure. The the, the private should have gone with her because then that would have been a better like. Oh, private, you're the, the one. Private and the robot, the two people, the two people who know how to fight. It would have been so much better if you had the private there because then it could be like, oh, the private was backstabbing too, and it's like, psych, no, and then he kills Kai. Yeah, or it would have been better. Yeah. They could have done a lot better stuff, but I feel like this is a story that's not like... Hi, yeah. Because the other part about like how everything is designed and why everybody's thinking it's Star Wars or, or why we're referencing Seven Samurai and stuff is because all the designs don't feel original. Like When you look at like space operas like Star Wars and you compare it to like Dune, Dune has a very animal and organic version of how they think. Their ships are fireflies. Everything yes. is done very, very differently. It's so, so sci-fi. Where like... Star Wars has its own look and things are thought like, hey, the giant ships are triangles and things like that. Here, it's just like, yeah, they look like they look like pistols or they look like are look like Harlock's ship or they all look like something you've already seen before but not done right. The very first shot of this film is a vagina. Is a vagina with and with a gun coming through it, and it is stupid. Yeah, I am not exaggerating. You will if you watch this film, which I'm not really recommending. I'm not really recommending. If the you very like first shot. Maybe. If you want to get drunk off a of slow mo, this is your movie. But that opening shot, I'm like, I because yeah. I I had I'm sorry I had to talk over the narration of explaining the whole thing. I was like, it's vagina with a gun coming through it. And you said, yup. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of these movies. Yeah, like honestly, what you should do to because like that's something that constantly falls back on like either fantasy or sci-fi. Things get very phallic or sexual representations for stuff. It's like, if you want to avoid that, go more like mathematical, do a geometric, make it yes. either completely a sphere or make it the the cyber the, the space portal a triangle, a rectangle, something that's more mathematical rather than sexual. And this was like very much here's a Sex. vagina and here's a dick coming out of it. Yeah. Um it was just ugh. <laughs> And like honestly, this movie is not great because Hello. it's it's written poorly. Yeah, it's some not... CGI is just not completed either. Yeah, it needed it needed another once polish over. Yeah, and a few times. They're gonna have the sequel come out on April 29th. It's already been filmed, so that will come out, and then there's a possible prequel that they might make, which I think that they won't because everybody's gonna watch it. We've watched the sequel just to cover it, literally just to cover it. But like, this is not a good like. It's version of Star Wars. It's not a good version of Seven Samurai. It's not a good version of anything. It's a hodgepodge of stories that we've already heard and seen, told really poorly. Yeah. With zero character moments, which tells me like Zack Snyder is great at shooting slow mo and sh shooting like really cool looking scenes, but he can't write a fucking story because he has he no idea how to write. He can't write a character. No. There's no character development, and there's no like thought out of how the plot should work. 
Um, his Justice League. The story was, beats aren't there either. Yeah, and like I felt the same way with almost like Justice League, where it's like, well, we know all so much already because we know who these characters were, so you could kind of so get you, away with it. But yeah, this, you, you don't know the, the characters. Yeah, you could fill in the gaps with Justice League from your very little knowledge or extensive knowledge. Yeah, here we don't know who these characters are, so have zero or communication. A, like hey. we even compare this to Octopath Traveler, the first game, where it's like you pick up companions on your journey and then you never fucking talk oh, to so them. This is Octopath Traveler. Yeah, because like you never talk to anybody until you come to like we're going to deal with your story. We'll talk to you and then we'll never interact about anybody else's story that's going on. We'll never talk to you again. So it's like we picked You're up. It's kind of there. It's like we. We talked to the, the nemesis chick. We helped her kill. We saw her kill a spider, and then we're never going to talk to her again until she's needed to do something. And, yeah, but she's and never she has talk. no lines. Yeah. So she, so you don't get any personality from her. Well, she has her own lines during her own story beat, but then she has that, nothing well, else after. It. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like yeah. after her story beat, it's just like same thing with like the, the beastmaster beast doesn't have doesn't do anything. Either. He's just abs. The, the general gives his big speech at the end after the fight's over. Like okay, so you're just there to give speeches. He's, he's like, a speech guy. That's where this movie fails. I fear that the next one's going to be a big, huge action sequence, which might be interesting to watch, be cool to see, but there's still going to be zero story development or character development because, honestly, Zack they Snyder cannot... They're, they have to because they're down to the six people and you got to flush them out. Zack Snyder can direct it and it looks fine, but like the writers being himself and the and the few other people, like I don't know why someone didn't... like We need character development here. <laughs> yeah, or why someone the editor, speak up cut out a bunch of stuff that, that might have been there that if they had it. But this movie does not work because it is so much of uh, referencing a bunch of things but never doing anything well. Um, so you can find it on Netflix. The sequel comes out on April 19th of next year and then they may make a prequel. Who knows? It depends how, how, it, how it does. I'm sure this had a huge viewership. Whether or not the, sequ- the second part does will tell you whether or not it's really successful. People like us and press and whatnot will definitely cover it, but whether or not people will say no, this be like Halo, like, like the Halo show, or like no, this was terrible. I'm not going to watch the second one. I don't want to promote them Please, to continue God, doing stuff. Please, God, don't watch the season two of Halo. Yeah. Just don't. So we'll see the big action sequence of the next movie. Um, but I'm pretty sure I feel like that's all that movie's going to be. Um, because yep. there's no development across anybody really. Um, but we'll have to see what happens in April. That's Rebel Moon. That's our show this week. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the Doctor Who Christmas special, which will be the first adventure with the new Doctor. Yep. The rest uh, of the uh, what ifs. Uh, yeah, the rest of the what ifs. Monarch. And, uh, the next episode of Monarch. So tune in next Tuesday for that. And we will catch you next time. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.